What's going on, everyone? Joe Cameron, John Ritchie. It is uh, 94 WIP. Great to be with you off and rolling this Thursday morning. Well, certainly a uh, special uh, opportunity here to follow up on, on the show you just heard for the last four hours. And, and frankly, tomorrow will be similar in, you know, certain ways. Um, because, you know, these are the final two shows of Angelo's career. And, and that last one there just that just ended, obviously, in the books. And it was... Uh, it was special. It was really, it was special. It was special for me, and I'm sure the guys here to be a part of it at the very end. And uh, it's just, uh, it was tough. I mean, when I say tough, I actually started getting emotional after we got off the air. I didn't cry, but it was almost in there because, you know, Angela's been a big part of all of our lives for so many years, for me back to being a kid. So um, so for everyone that just listened to that, obviously, uh, hope, hope you enjoy it. And, uh, you know, it's certainly a, a discussionable point here with us on the show today, as is obviously the birds and uh, the Super Bowl and the thought of the loss and the whole deal. All of it at 215-592-9494. Richie Rich. Hello, Joe. Hello, John. All the electricity powering the Internet weighs the same as an apricot. That's what? bizarre. Yeah. Well, Joe just had his first apricot yesterday. Yeah, that's right. I did. <laughs> and what are the odds? All the electricity out there powering the World Wide Web huh. weighs the same as that apricot you ate. Well, that's a good factoid. Uh, how do you feel, John, what you just saw, Seltzer, what you just saw, and what you listened to and what you experienced? I mean, the whole Angela thing, that was something there. I mean, and again, tomorrow will be similar because, let's be real, 10 o'clock tomorrow, it's, you know, it's going to be the finality of it. What are you thinking? What are you feeling there? I feel very privileged to have been sitting there. I mean that that's uh that's a lot. That that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And uh just being a chance that having a chance to be a part of it is is quite an honor and uh I am you know l- getting a little butterfly-y. Are you? About Are you Monday. a little nervous? I am. I Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I I want to do a great job, you know. Sure. I, I and I want to work hard and I want to keep uh I, there's a huge tradition to uphold with uh, what Angelo has created here. He and sure did. So uh, we've got our work cut out. Indeed. Seltzer, what about you, man? What's going through your mind? Honestly, it's a little surreal feeling. You know, it almost doesn't even feel real. Uh, you know, we've talked about this a million times, but I listen to Angelo as a kid. Yep. Like, as a little kid, I'm listening to that dude out there, and then I'm out there as he's doing his final show, and you guys are on talking about taking over for him. Yeah. It's um, it's a surreal feeling. I mean, it's it's humbling. It's humbling. It actually is humbling, Joe. That is the right word in this situation. <laughs> um, it, it's it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty it's amazing pretty wild. To be a part of. Yeah, and again, I hope everyone enjoyed the show. You know, the uh, I, I wrote Angelo a letter and just handed it to him uh, right after he got off the air. One of the things I put in there was, uh, you know, I remember when the Phils lost the '93 World Series. I was 15 years old. Cried cried my eyes out that night. I mean, just cried and cried and cried and cried. And I remember, you know, despite that game, obviously, you know, likely probably got over at 10 30 11 o'clock who knows what it was back then um i had to and going to school the next day but i had to wake up at 6 a.m to listen to angelo at 6 a.m i had to hear the start of the show and that's you know one example of millions when a guy's got impact i mean when a 15 year old kid whose heart is broken just broken going to bed that night and waking up that next day just felt compelled to set the alarm for you know whatever i did 555 just to make sure I could hear the start of the show, that's when you know a guy has resonated. And Angelo has. And, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously going to be an honor to, uh, to step into, uh, into that spot and sort of be involved in the process of replacing Angelo. And, you know, we're, we're grateful for the opportunity and looking forward to it. And uh, certainly hope that the, uh, you know, perhaps audience that hasn't heard us uh, gives it a shot and the whole deal. And we, we, we expect to, frankly, do a really good show. Hopefully uh, entertain you for years to come. So just wanted to say that at the beginning. I'm sure we'll echo those sentiments again tomorrow. 
Uh, if you want to weigh in, you can at 215-592-9494. Sean, there's also this uh, you know football team and this uh, game thing to get into. Speaking of broken hearts, speaking of broken hearts. You know, John, it's funny, though. I'll say as much as um, broken hearts is part of the reality and sadness is part of the reality for sure for me, anger is what for me is more top of mind, top of top of existence, top of soul. I hate to say it. I got anger in my soul. I mean, no one wants to go through life angry with their, you know, in their soul, but that's where I am. Four days removed. I mean, it's day four. And by the way, tomorrow's day five. And I don't know that next week we're not going to be doing it. It's in 12 days. It's been 13 days because this is one of the most consequential losses in the history of Philadelphia sports, and it didn't have to happen. And my anger, John, you know, being mad and being sad to an extent. Don't get me wrong. Of course, I'm sad to an extent. But I am more mad because I feel like it was such a major missed opportunity. I feel like the rest played such an enormous role, you know, especially the, the, the two big calls, the Devontae call overturned and the, and the ridiculous flag against Bradbury. I'm absolutely, I mean, if there's anybody I'm most mad at, it's the league. I'm, I'm annoyed with the players. I love the players. I do feel bad for those dudes. You know, Elliot was telling us this week about, you know, what it was like being in there. I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it was, Tuesday, I guess, and how down the players were. And, and so I feel for them. I mean, they there was no lack of effort. They laid it on the line. I mean, they laid it on the line. But they, you know, some of the guys did come up small. Um, and that's just a fact. I can't sugarcoat that. But I just, the, the one I'm maddest about, John, is the league because of the field. You know, there's a report There's a report out now that did the Rihanna thing and the preparation and uh I, I don't know. I, I, it, it just can't happen. It shouldn't have happened. John, tell me well, how it you're... did happen, and and I think you're you're barking up a tree that you're you're setting yourself up for future frustration and failure. I look, you feel mad at the situation and the players and the coaches. I more than mad. I feel sorrow. I feel sadness. I feel bad for the players, for the coaches, because. I don't think these players were in the best position to win that game. In, in large part, the, the coaches put them in the wrong spots, in the wrong positions, with the wrong techniques, with the wrong ideas of what was headed their way. We didn't have that rock-solid approach where the players knew what was coming. And, and, that, and, and I saw the opposite be true on the other side, especially in the second half. The Chiefs' defense seemed to deal well with the RPO. You know, they had a plan for that. They were given pull reads and looping linebackers to slow Jalen down. The Chiefs' offense seemed to take advantage of whichever front we threw out there. If it was our run-stopping front, they were they those big guys, you know, like Jordan Davis, ended up trying to sack Patrick Mahomes because they'd be passing, and Jordan Davis would be failing at getting him to the ground. When we went defensively, when we went light to stop the pass, they ended up more often than not running creative plays, running the football creatively. And their coach, Andy Reid, who I thought would never stick to the run, stuck to the run. It was a great job of coaching on both sides of the ball by the Chiefs. I feel sad for the players. I feel bad for our players that they, the better roster, the better team, lost the game because they were put in the wrong position. Well, it, that it is true. The, the better roster and the better team lost the game. I, I get that the coaching reality is part of it, uh, and I'm angry about that because, you know, as a Philadelphia sports fan, I mean, we knew it last week. These opportunities don't come around all that often. They just don't. I, I know there's all that, you know, talk of, you know, maybe this is the start of a dynasty and a run, and, 
you know, teams like the Patriots all those years and a team like the Chiefs now. I think they've been doing it for about five or six years of excellence. And hopefully the Eagles can do that. And hopefully the Eagles can, and time will tell. Um, but, you know, maybe not. I mean, maybe they, they slink back. You know, they're going to lose players. There's no doubt. I mean, they're going to – I do believe the Eagles should be, at the very least, pretty good next year. I mean, it's, it'd be hard to imagine, unless injuries just destroy their season, it'd be pretty hard to imagine they're not, at the very least, pretty good. But it's also hard – I'm going to be honest. It's hard for me to imagine that they'll be as great because they're going to lose players. And, you know, I'm struck by the fact that, you know, when, when the, the, the prior times, the prior two times the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, 1980, obviously fantastic football team. The organization, and I say organization, not team. The organization didn't get back there for 24 more years of the Super Bowl. 24 years. And, of course, I can't say team because all those players were gone. I mean, they're all gone by the time 2004 came. Um, same thing holds true from 04. When 04 lost, they didn't get back to Super Bowl 2017. That's 13 years. That was zero players that were part of 04, part of 17. So we just don't know where this is headed. And I know that it's hard to get there. And... <laughs> History obviously tells us it's hard to get back there. And, yeah, I feel sad, but more than anything, I feel mad that the opportunity was missed and that in many ways I feel it was stolen from the Eagles. Let's go to the phones, 215-592-9494. Curious where everyone comes down on this. Listen, I don't know what's happened at WIP. Seltzer, have we become – is this like a therapy session this like is, yeah. this, is this the new WIP? Literally, yes. Because so, we're getting in, in feelings. Like, John, this is in the feelings today. I yes, literally just had someone say that to me. I just had a call. He's not going on air. He called up just to say, not. I said, I want to go on air. Right. I just want to let you know that you guys have been my therapy. And he said, between the weather yesterday and you guys in my ears, he's like, I feel better today. Can and I, ask, I was like, that's, okay. that's amazing. I mean, it's, I, I wish I felt better. I appreciate that. But can I ask the question of that guy who's still listening to us? It's Rob. Shout out to Rob. Uh, Rob. Rob? Rob. R-A-V. Rob. Rob. Uh, Rob, if... if, if if we are your therapist, who's my therapist? <laughs> How do you think I feel? Think I'm not bleeding? Think I'm not crying? Someone help me out. Same, buddy. Rob Please. is your therapist <laughs> and everyone else that we talked to. Yes. All right, let's go to the phones. We'll do it together, but it's going to take a long time. I don't know if we ever get over it. It is an odd combination of sad, anger, dejection, disappointment. Missed opportunity. Um, look, it's not the end of the of the world. I mean, you know, come on. The worst things have happened. But this this one stinks. And this is one of the most complex, in my opinion, of all the games I've ever seen in Philadelphia sports. This one's one of the ones, and might be number one as far as the complexity that comes out of this one. 04 was unique. You know, did Donovan throw up? Did he not throw up? Why were they going so slow? And then a couple months later, T.O. and Donovan were barking at each other. This one, man, this one splinters in a lot of directions. Let's go to the phones. 215-592-9494. Kyle kicks us off in New Jersey. Hi, Kyle. Hey, what's up? You guys hear me good? Yeah, we got you, Kyle. Go ahead, buddy. All right. Um, I curse you today, I promise. I slipped out yesterday. But besides that, um, I I want to say I, I'm confident that Howie's going to put us in a position to have decent players next year. But I wanted to ask you guys, because I haven't uh, been able to look it up, do we have a good bit of cap this year to be able to get – some key players and, re- and re-sign these players? Well, we don't really know that. I mean, we can tell you, Kyle, and I'd have to look it up, what, what it currently is at. But just know this. It's going to get completely blown to smithereens once Jalen signs that deal. I mean, I don't mean blown to smithereens like they won't be able to retain some others. But the, the num- whatever number we'd give you today is going to be completely altered. And the very, very simple bottom line is the Eagles will be able to keep some of their free agents 
and they will lose some of their free agents. And they're probably going to lose four or five guys that they'd rather keep but just will not be able to afford in a salary cap. No, I completely understand that. I know Jalen's going to be a, a hefty uh Very hefty. Very hefty. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Um, I I was really angry. I would say I when I woke up Monday, I didn't even really want to get out of bed. And then I was more mad Tuesday. And yesterday I was kind of coming off a little bit. But I will say listening to you guys helped me a lot with <laughs> – Thank you. Calming down a little bit, but the way I look at it, which I'm trying to approach it this way is, what can we do about it? We can't control that they gave us that crappy field. We can't control that the refs seem to blow the game yeah, a little bit. You're right. You know what? Honestly, I, Kyle, you know what's just about all we can do, man. And, and I do appreciate the call. And, and I hate to say this because this is what you tell someone to do when you're basically saying there's nothing you can do. All we can do, John, is pound sand. You know, that, you know, Seltzer, that expression, you know, go pound cent? Yeah, sure. Like, that's all we can do. And, of course, the point yeah, of pounding. Yeah, they're not replaying the game. Right. We're not getting a, right. a do-over or anything yeah. like that. The point of the saying go pound sand is there's, there's nothing you can Don't go anywhere. There's, nothing happens. Yeah, which is which is why I'm sort of surprised at the way you are skewing this and, and like, fighting a fight against the way the game was called. The against league? the yeah, and and you're you're pointing the finger at the at the league for the way the field was and the officials for what, the way the calls were and and the way I view that is you know the calls are going to go your way sometimes the the rest of the time it, it it's going to feel awful and you have to play well enough put yourself in a position coaching wise yeah, you're right. to overcome any of those calls that that don't yeah. go your way well and that's also why I say that's ex- that's big part of why I say to me this is the most complex reaction ever to a loss because john what you just said is true despite the the nonsense that happened and there was nonsense field flag you know etc it was the eagles responsibility to overcome it they they did not play well enough to outclass kansas city enough so that a field and flag happens you still win by 4 10 14 I mean, the Eagles played with fire, and, and they got their ass burned. They were a great enough team to overcome the things that befell them, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't play. They didn't. I mean, they played one of their worst games of the season, and obviously, sp- specifically defensively. Offense did a lot of good stuff, kind of slowed down in the, in the second half, but did a lot of great stuff in the first half. They so, played one of their worst defensive games of the season. There's no question. Yeah, you feel like Gannon is not as culpable as well, the they faced Well, they faced Mahomes, and, and here's the thing. I just put it more on the players than Gannon. I'll continue to stand by that. I mean, for all the talk about those two plays that resulted in an open touchdown, and it was a disaster, and I do blame Gannon for not having the guys ready. Three plays. Three plays. Well. Kelsey's touchdown with yeah. Epps trying to cover him in man. But at least he was covered. At least he was covered. Well, he barely was. It yeah. you, Was that coverage? I mean, well, he's five yards off of him. It wasn't a blown coverage is my point. It, it was just was, a – It was It was a player who was put in the wrong position. I, I agree. By the coaching staff with the way that they dealt with the short motion. I get it. But, but you're talking about three plays that were near the end zone. I'm talking about all the plays that helped Kansas City get down there. I'm talking about all the T.J. Edward plays. I'm talking about all the Bradbury and Slate plays. Like, where were they? And, and, I, and I love those guys. I do. I'm not trying to dog them. I mean, these are our dudes. But it's just um, – I think that a lot of those guys came out small. By the way, Seltzer, the point about the league, and this is why I'm struggling. I'm curious where your mind goes on this. I mean, to me, this is clearly the most jobbed a Philadelphia sports team has been in my lifetime. And I'm just curious, like, what's second? Because I think this quadruples 
I mean, I was thinking back it's just what John was talking two minutes ago. I mean, the way the process got undercut by the leg and the Colangelos. Nothing's and, in this hemisphere. Nothing's. nothing's Nothing, dude, I don't know. Look, you can say that the Eagles blew it and still be mad. Like, it's okay to be mad about the fact the field was a disaster. This is the Super Bowl. Right. This is the Super Bowl. And it hurt the Eagles more. It hurt them more. Right. Like, you're, I know by the way, you're, you're, you're also allowed to be mad at the players. The, uh, sure, you're allowed to be mad at all this stuff. But yeah. to my point, I don't understand how any Eagles fan, regardless of how you feel about how Mahomes played or Reed played or the Eagles themselves played, I don't know how you could be mad about the field. I don't understand how you could not, on some level, right. be furious. I agree with you, James. Let's go to Brian in New Jersey. Hi, Brian. What's going on, guys? Hey, Brian. First off, you guys, a hundred percent are therapy. It's 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 a given. Like this is therapy, and I think we all need it. Um, Joe, I just want to say thank you again for calling, man. You gave me chills. I know it sounds so like corny, but you really did, and I can't thank you enough. I'm so happy for you guys going to the morning show. Angelo is like an icon, doing it for 33 years, and like now you guys are stepping in, and you're gonna do just as great, and like. I just picture myself driving my kids to school and just like we're gonna be listening to you guys in the morning for thirty some years. And kids, kids are grandkids, say, Brian. Kids are grandkids. Uh, kids and grandkids, <laughs> both. Give me, I'll, I'll take both. But uh, I don't know if I can deal with thirty years of Richie, man. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. But um, yeah. Congrats again, guys. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Let me get to the That's game. Great. Let yeah. me get to the game real quick. Um, it, it was rough. I, I swear, just like the last caller, I, I woke up for work. And like I couldn't get right out of bed. Like I, I literally, I'm, I'm, a, I'm pretty much a grown man now. I swear to you, it, it's embarrassing. I'll admit it. I cried. I cried from that game, and I've never cried at a sporting event ever in my entire life. And it just saddened me so much. Just like thinking about like how close we came and everything into it, the field, the call, the the plays, just everything is just so like sickening and it's just it, it feels like I got broken up with by the love of my life and like I'm just like replaying it in my head it's like I'm watching the the, the highlights of the game like I'm torturing myself it's just crazy I, I can't express how saddened I am I wanted to call in the beginning of the week but I, I just couldn't and watching that damn parade yesterday just made it so much worse so much worse looking at Mahomes hold that MVP trophy and that 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 Lombardi like everything that should have been hurt it should have been hurt, and it just it, it sucks. It, it does, Brian. Listen, it hurts a lot, and Brian, good call, and we appreciate your very kind words, man. Hang in there as best you can. I mean, we're all trying to hang in there together. Look, 215-592-9494, we're coming up in addition to all the calls. The 94-year-old groundskeeper guy, George Toma, has gone on the record about, in his expert opinion, why he believes, or in this case he thinks he knows, exactly why the field was so slippery. That reason, what he said, we'll tell you next. Joe to Cameron, John Ritchie on 94 WIP. Pro and college hoops, hockey, MMA, and so much more, the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app has you covered. Get odds, bets, slots, and games right in the palm of your hand. It's safe, secure, and easy to use in the official sportsbook for the real Philly sports fan and the only sportsbook and casino that I recommend. Bet on more than just the score. Bet on player performances. And with live in-game betting, you can bet during the game. Bet on player points, assists, and rebounds. And you can bet pro basketball futures, too. Our team is tied for the fifth best odds to win the whole shebang at plus 1,000. Our center has the second best odds at plus 350 to win the league MVP. 
I absolutely believe he'll finally win the award this season. Join me now. New users can get up to $750 in sportsbook bonus back if their first bet isn't a winner. Download the app and start playing instantly with a Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. All right, Jenna Cameron. Jenna Cameron, John Ritchie. I don't know why we're laughing. I do know why we're laughing, but it's neither here nor there. chop it up sometimes during the break, you know? That's right. It's like comedy hour here in the commercial breaks. I'm just working on my type five, you know? Your type what? My type five. You never heard of that? No, what does that mean? It's like their five-minute set, like a type five. okay. Yeah, I'm just working on my stand-up. There you go. Getting you guys laughing. I appreciate that. Uh, I'll tell you what does not get me laughing is the field. And and by the way, uh, there may or may not be an Eagles press conference today. We'll see if it happens. There's... Scuttlebutt that there might be an Eagles press conference. Uh, we're hearing there could be a Sirianni press conference. We're hearing it could be a Sirianni and Howie press conference. We, we don't know because they have not officially said. Um, we're also hearing if it happens, it could occur during our show. It could occur during John and Ike's show. As soon as we know the scoop on what is going to occur, we will let you know. And, of course, if there is such a press conference today and it happens during our show, you will be able to hear it on our show. And, and that would be wonderful because we obviously all want answers and looking forward to that. Whenever that occurs. All right, 215-592-9494. So I'll tell you, John and, and James here, what, what does not make me feel better. So George Toma, and I know he's a legendary NFL figure, 94-year-old groundkeeper, just retired. But, you know, Chiefs fan, again, 94. It's like, on one hand, God bless you. But on the other hand, God could have blessed you 10 years ago, and you could have retired 10 years ago. He's kind of passing the buck here, John. Now, he might be dead right. I mean, maybe George Toma put together – what would have otherwise been a perfect field. And maybe it is stuff that other members of the league should have done a better job on their watch to make sure that his field didn't get wrecked. Here's what he said to an outlet, uh, something called LVSportsBiz.com, whoever the heck they are. I guess Las Vegas Sports. Here's what the 94-year-old said. This is the quote. He says, uh, as far as the slippage, it did need a little more sand. The grass was brought in on Wednesday because they had rehearsals. They're talking about the band. They had rehearsals, and they put in extra seats behind the goalpost. It was brought in on Wednesday and stayed in there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. With all the rehearsals, that's pounding on the grass, and it puts more moisture in there. The field did take a beating from the entrance 30 feet wide and 60 feet long, and it was kind of wet from pounding, pounding, pounding. A little more sand would have helped it. We couldn't do much after Wednesday. So Tom is saying that it's not so much the Rihanna halftime performance, because we saw people slipping before that. I think what he's indicating here is the preparation for all of that led to the, the field having stuff on it during the week, and he didn't have proper access to it, and he's saying we needed to put more sand on it, but such is, such is life. So they couldn't put more sand on it because there were rehearsals going on? I guess he's saying, yeah. Like, I would, why wasn't the sand put on? I mean, that, that, that is something that you can, you know, sort of right. determine. Saturday night, hey, Sunday. thing's sloppy. And, I agree. Like, when that structure is, I mean, I guess he's saying this structure just sat on the field. James, is your interpretation he's saying that there was a stage that sat on the field for four days? 
I guess. I mean, that's what it sounds like that, he's indicating, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 or it was moved on and off the field for Maybe. four days. Again, it says it was brought in on Wednesday and stayed in there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's then what he's yes, saying. That's what it says. Yes. So he's saying there was a stage on the field, so he did not have access to that part of the field. You know, I'd be interested to know. I mean, I'm sure it's very figureoutable. We haven't looked into it. Did the slippage in all those moments yeah. happen where the field, where the stage was. The ghost stage Yeah, like not in the end zone. In the middle of the field. Middle of the field. Which it does feel like the vast majority of clips that I've seen online are stuff that was in the middle of the field. I agree with you. I have an add-on to this, by the way. It's something that came up during the show yesterday. The Chiefs did never change their cleats. The Chiefs never changed their cleats? They never changed their cleats. So how do you explain them not being as Maybe they had a little inside information on what the field was going to be like. Oh, well, you're saying, okay, you're saying during the game. During the game, the Chiefs never changed their cleats. And the Eagles did that. Now, how do you know that? Because people looked into it. Like, there's a video on, like, a Barstool uh, Big Cat, which is the Part of My Take podcast, like one of the biggest podcasts in the country, did this whole, like, you know, forensic investigation. Yeah. Chiefs never changed their cleats. And that could mean that they did change their cleats in the pregame. Correct. You know, they went out for the sure. pregame. They sure. determined, hey, Or theoretically this is... at halftime or whatever. And no, no, happens. but pregame. Pre- yeah. The, yeah, the, the, that happens where you can determine the way the field's going to be and what cleats you need to use. And John, you're more. Ma- and that's what it's or for. the Sodfather said, "Hey, maybe use for. these cleats today, boys." And I got Go Ri- Chiefs. And I got Richie telling me he's more mad than uh, more sad than mad. Yeah. I mean, this this just adds a whole nother log to the fire. Well, look, it's your job as a player down to each individual player. You go out there for warmups. If your footing isn't good, you figure out how to make your footing good. Yeah, you're right. But they're also. I can't imagine, because there is talk that there, it was known that it was slippery in warm-ups, but I can't imagine that the guys, and John, tell me if I'm wrong, because you've been out there warming up. I mean, you're not going 100, like, Hassan Reddick's not doing anything in warm-ups that really mimics the speed that he would be playing the game with that is part of what resulted in the slippage, well, right? you need to, you need to approximate game situations so that you get a feel for the field and the environment, the atmosphere, and your cleats and how they connect to the earth. That is your job as a player, and it's the equipment team, you know, the equipment manager and, and all those people in, in that department to figure it out and make yeah. sure you communicate that to the players. Look, let's go to the phones. I mean, I'll just say this. I know this about football through the years. I think we all know it. Bad conditions help the lesser team. The better the conditions are, the greater chance that the better team has to win the game. And when you enter bad conditions onto a field, snow, rain, bad field because of a Rihanna preparation process, it helps the lesser team. I believe if the field had been normal, the Eagles would have won the game. I believe that. Let's go to the – and so – Frick yeah, I'll say frick yeah, right? Am I allowed to say frick yeah, James? Sure. You guys have no yeah. idea how many times this week I've wanted to drop the real F-bomb on the air. Uh, heck yeah, I am ticked off that this happened. But that's In not all. In the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. To the phones. By the way, uh, Rich Gannon will join us in a few minutes. His, his wrap-up on the season and the game. What, what a disaster this whole situation is. Dennis in Mount Laurel. Hi, Dennis. Richie Rich. How you doing, son? Hi, Dennis. How are you? I got a voicemail on Saturday from Guess Who? The guess who called you? The hammer. Oh, there you go, Dennis. <laughs> he leaves a message. How the hell are you doing, son? <laughs> I did. Actually. How the hell are you doing today, son? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for everyone I haven't called yet, and there's many people I still want to get to, I do plan to do it over the next few days. I want to try to get to as many listeners as I can to thank people for being part of the show. And Dennis, you're certainly one of the one of the one of the main ones. Hey, I I, I got to talk to you, and then, and Saturday 
afternoon before I talked to you, I talked to Seltzer's uh, uncle at the Parks Casino Racetrack book, nice. and uh, we had a nice chat. They were going back and forth about Pete Maravich and <laughs> Gail Sayers. It was Bonnie awesome. Hawkins. Yeah, they were they were really getting into it. it That's was great. Good. Next time he's there, I'll buy your uncle a beer. We'd love that, though. All right, Dennis, what do you got on the Eagles, man? Well, you know what? You know, at the beginning of the season, nobody you know, on this station predicted us to be in the Super Bowl, so we should be thankful for that. But you know what? Ricky was right. It's up to the players' responsibility to get the cleat rate. It seemed that the Kansas City players had their cleat rate more than we did. That being said, the field wasn't up to what a Super Bowl should be, so shame on the NFL for that. No question about it. And and next year, we've got three things not going in our favor. We're definitely going to lose players. Mm. We lost our D coordinator and our offensive coordinator, and we're going to have a harder schedule. So next year is going to be a lot harder than this year. It is. It really is, man. I mean, I'll tell you this, Dennis. Better chance than not, if I had to guess, honestly, out of the gate, Eagles are going to be all in one. But we'll see. Maybe not. I mean, they're going to probably, if I had to guess, be on the road in Kansas City, they'll be an underdog. No, don't get me wrong. The Eagles might win that game. But I'm just saying, I think I could see the Eagles and Chiefs. Dennis, good call, man. Playing on Thursday night football, you know, to start the season. Eagles would, in all likelihood, be an underdog in Arrowhead. And, you know, and, that, and there begins the, oh, yeah, it's harder. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, you can feel it right away. You start 2022 at the Detroit Lions. You start 2023 at the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know for sure that's going to happen. It just feels like it's, it a, feels a, like it's the right a real fit. likelihood, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, we have to give away today a $50 Metro Diner gift certificate. Metro Diner your inner voice and kick mealtime traditions. Uh, so enjoy uh, all the hearty dishes they have, like the scrap bowl and the Metro. So a sandwich stack between two fried jelly donuts. Topped with uh, powdered sugar, visit MetroDiner.com. So um, we were talking earlier today, and we'll continue to talk over the next couple of days, of course, about uh, Angelo and his magnificent career, which is just from, from 6 to 10 today was, was awesome. Tomorrow, 6 to 10 will be awesome. Unbelievable career by Angelo. And uh, in honor of Angelo today, John, I'd ask you and, and Seltzer and everyone at, at 215-592-9494, uh, what was unbelievable? Angelo's career obviously was unbelievable. I mean, listen, 30 years in a career is not so unbelievable and that many people 30 years in a career. I mean, it's, you know, it happens a lot. But 30 years sports talk radio, top guy, top dog. And also, this is part I think younger people might not know as much about. Angelo, in many ways, a big-time pioneer. See, there's probably a lot of people that don't know. Sports talk radio only kind of cranked up in a little more silver way there in the 80s. And then in the 24-7 sort of, you know, round-the-clock way in the very late 80s, early 90s. I mean, it was a very – it's a relatively recent thing. And Angela was right there, you know, at the beginning of it. So, unbelievable career by Angela. What was unbelievable? Best answer by the end of the show is going to win the, the gift certificate. Richie, what do you got here today, man? I'm going to say uh, try to steer this positive today. Uh, Boy, I'm not. It was I'm not. unbelievable. And, and there is no one on the planet who expected Jalen Hurts to be the Jalen Hurts that we got this season. His transformation yeah. uh, from the end of last season to the start of this one and then the growth that we saw on the field yep. during the year. His coaches raved about it. His teammates raved about it. And we should feel proud to have taken that in, to have experienced the Jalen Hurts transformation as he continues to improve and work on his game. And it's it's not over. It's a good he's answer. He's going to keep 
plugging away yeah. and getting better. Look, it's a very good answer. Seltzer, what's unbelievable? I'll tell you what, my answer's not as positive. What's unbelievable, James? I saw a bird explode on television because <laughs> a guy hit it with a baseball. That was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. The timing was just, uh, just, just insane. Look, unbelievable can be good. Unbelievable can be bad. Uh, I'm going to give you the unbelievable bad variety. And by the way, we're not looking for like the worst of the worst. Of course, we all know September 11th was unbelievable. We all saw it. We're not looking to go down that that path. Um, what was unbelievable is is knowing that the Philadelphia Eagles lost the Super Bowl in large part because of a bad flag and a bad field. That is unbelievable. Let's go to the phones. Actually, let's not go to the phones. Let's go to Rich Gannon. I mean, Seltzer, unbelievable is the Eagles lost a Super Bowl because of a bad flag and a bad field. you got to stop looking it, at no, it. Like no, no, you don't. You don't. Because you, you can still admit that the Eagles blew it. You can still admit that they have culpability in the loss. Yes. And you can still be mad about the flag in the field. Look, you they could be mad the about The Eagles could have played better, and the Eagles should have played better. There's no question about it. I don't dispute that. But I believe without the flag and the field, the Eagles would have won the game. All right, Rich Gannon's been a big part of our show all throughout this fall into the uh, the winter here, obviously chronicling this Eagle season with us every uh, every single uh, Thursday at this time. And, of course, we welcome the former league MVP to the show. How you doing, Rich? Guys, I'm doing well. I know it's uh, it's been a tough tough couple of days there in Philadelphia. Rich, but, uh... yeah, you, you were a kid in 80, so you you know you know that as a fan. Obviously, you know, your 0-2 loss as a player, you know, with John and the Raiders. Um this is t- this is a tough one, Rich. I mean, we're struggling around here. Combination of anger, combination of sadness. What 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 is what is sort of your biggest takeaway or takeaways from this game? Well, a couple things. First and foremost, in, in order for this bad taste to go away, and certainly in the mouths of the players and coaches, there's only one way to get it fixed. I mean, I, John and I have been living with it for I don't know. It feels like you know, 25 years, uh, hasn't been quite that, but it, it doesn't ever go away. I, I can just tell you, I just was at the Super Bowl all week. Uh, I was at media row. You see all the banners up there for every Super Bowl. And just, it just makes you sick. even to this day that if, if you can't get back and win it, then that's, that's what you, you know, you take to your grave. And it's unfortunate. That's, that's the life, that's the world, that's the profession that we're in. But yeah. I, I just, uh, you know, I, you know, the move not to be so morbid, but, uh, you know, I think there's a lot to, for the Eagles to be excited about. They got a young quarterback that I think has really taken hold of, of this league. Uh, and got a good general manager that I think has the capacity to kind of rebuild the team. The team's not never going to be the same. Those, those players that played in that Super Bowl with Philadelphia, Many of them uh, are, are going to be gone. You know, they'll be you know, be lost in free agency. They'll they'll, they'll retire. They'll you know, a lot of things will happen. But um, you know, it, you go back and you know, you look at what could have been. Right? You take you take a handful of plays, and I, I don't think it's just a Bradbury penalty. Or I didn't think the punt return. You get a bad punt. You get bad coverage. You get guys get out of their lanes, and you give a big play. You know, I think as well as Jalen Hurts played. In fact. I think you could make the argument it's one of the best games he played all year. I mean, the guy was incredible. I mean, just had an incredible performance. 27 of 38, over 300 yards, three rushing touchdowns, a passing touchdown. He rushed for 70 yards. He, he did everything well except on one play. He's trying to do the right thing, switch the ball from one hand to the other, and it comes out, and Nick Bolton scoops it up and scores. So you give up. You know, without those two plays, the Chiefs don't win. I mean, you get a huge punt return. You get a score on the, on the defensive touchdown, and – that, to me, was a difference in the game. 
So, Rich, uh, you heard Joe. He's blaming the field and the flag. Uh, who do you blame the most for the loss? Was it the Eagles coaches, the Eagles players, and the way they performed, or was it the league and the officials? You know what's amazing is, is that it, we live in a world, and certainly in a country, where if something bad goes wrong, like somebody loses, somebody has to be blamed. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't it just be like two really good teams went at it? And it came down to the wire, and you hate to see someone have to lose a game like that, but that's that's sports, and that's you know that's football. And I think, you know, I I look at I look at it that way, John. I, I go back to the Tuck Rule game. I never once blamed the officials. Never, mm-hmm. never. I just thought, what could we have done differently? We could have blocked fourteen blasts better. We could have run yeah. the, the all power play. We could have gotten off the field defensively. So to me, that's what I I, I look at it. I don't blame anybody. You know, I think, you know, we go back and debate whether or not it was holding on, on Bradbury on the Juju Smith-Schuster play. We could go back and look at the field conditions, which quite frankly were, were to, to say that below, below par, for the NFL to spend, you know, to have, it's a billion-dollar business to have that type of field is just unacceptable. I think that'll get, that'll get corrected, but both teams played on it. Both teams had to make adjustments, but it's unfortunate. But I, I don't blame anybody. I mean, I, I think it's foolish to sit here and say, I think when you blame someone, I think you diminish what the Eagles were able to accomplish this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, to basically race through the regular season unscathed and to be able to have a lot of players really have incredible seasons. I mean, coaches that have not now gotten opportunities to go on to be head coaches. I mean, there's a lot to celebrate. I know that's hard for Eagle fans, but this is a good football team. I think the best thing you can do is do what the Eagles did. I mean, to a man, they all accepted responsibility. They all took the high road. They didn't blame anybody. And I think that's the way, that's, that's the right approach. How much will those departures of Steichen and Gannon hurt this Eagles team? They do because, you know, in a, in a way, you had young coaches that were, you know, building uh, the resume and getting on, you know, in-game experience and doing a really nice job. And, now, all of a sudden, regardless if you promote from within, which I suspect the Eagles will, you know, you're, you're having to start over with someone who doesn't have that experience, who hasn't mm-hmm. been, you know, uh, you know, in a situation where you're, you know, you're, you got a fourth and two and, and you need to come up with a big play, a big call, you know. You, so I think you're starting over a little bit. You, you have to worry about the relationships. You know, obviously, St. Steichen had a great relationship. Uh, and did some great things with Jalen Hurts. You look at the improvement from last year to this year. So that's 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 what happens, John. When you have success, you know you're going to lose good people from your building, yeah. not just coaches, but players as well. So on the there there were three touchdowns in this game that were basically caused by pre-snap motion. You know the the first touchdown to Kelsey where he short motioned and ended up getting Marcus Epps on him. And we know about the two orbit motion touchdowns. Where where does the fault lie in those breakdowns defensively? Is it the way the players were coached, or is it the choices that the players made themselves? Do you, do you put that? Who do you put that on? Well, without being in that defensive meeting room and, and knowing what the communication and what the coaching points were, it's hard to sit there, you know, on Monday morning and, and, and be the Monday morning quarterback and mm-hmm. say, "Well, it's his fault." Or I can simply say this: There's a couple of things. First and foremost, when you look at play structure and design, you got to give some credit to the Philadelphia Eagles. They have a lot of plays that look the same but are different, right? We short motion, we 
we do some different things and we run crossing routes and we pick and we run crossing routes, crossing routes, crossing routes. And all of a sudden in a quick situation, we put our foot in the ground and we pivot back out and run a little, a little jerk route and we get you, we fool you. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's communication. When you look at the, in the one situation, the first one it looked like there's a bit of a communication between the, the two defenders, one pointing in and one expecting, you know, to, to travel and I just I, what what the way I I saw it, John, when that happens, the the outside defender needs to stay outside, and the inside defender needs to take the crosser. If in fact it is a crosser, and I just think there's a communication glitch. You know, I think that you know, I think it's a whether it was a physical error, whether it's a mental error, whether it was a missed assignment, it's going to be hard to figure it out unless you're in that meeting room. But it happened not once but twice. They got them. You know, and sometimes. Sometimes you just get fooled. You know, sometimes you're a player, yeah. you're in position, you know your assignment, and you just you, you think, you know what, he's, he's going to run a crossing route. I'm not going to get picked. I'm going to jump in front of it. And all of a sudden, you get fooled, and that yeah. happens too. Rich, you know, 4 Eagles after losing the Super Bowl, it, it did not go well. I mean, not only did the team not play as good, but there was tremendous infighting, obviously, T.O. and Donovan. When, when you lose the Super Bowl, and I hate to ask you this, but, you know, obviously, case in you know, point the Eagles, it just happened, and you've got history. How tough is it emotionally for a team? Parts are going to change. Parts are going to stay the same. To stay totally dialed in, to not finger point, all that stuff so you don't have bad stuff happen. Is that tough? It is tough. I mean, it's hard to get back. I mean, look at Cincinnati. You know, you look at a lot of teams that have been there that haven't gotten back. I'm not talking about it's hard to repeat a Super Bowl champion. It's hard to repeat as NFC champions and get back to a Super Bowl, even if you lost. And I think that's, you know, that's going to be the challenge, and it's, it's keeping the team together. It's guys communicating. It's guys being selfless. It's guys coming in and being a part of the off-season program. And it's really starting over, guys. As you know, mm-hmm. you got to come back in. you got to start over from day one. you got to start the communication. you got to start learning how to take the snap from center. I mean, you have to learn footwork. I mean, you have to go back to the very basics in the very beginning. We need to go back and address some of the issues from last year. Let, let's go back and look at the sack. Let's look at the interception. You know, let's look at third down. Let, let's look at areas where we can get better on both sides of the ball. I think that's really where it starts. Let me just say this. It's so important to have a, a philosophy and a plan. In, in Oakland, when John and I lost that Super Bowl, there was depression throughout the building. I mean, we had a, we had a head coach that was obviously depressed and didn't handle the situation well. And it just trickled down throughout the entire building. And I just remember going to training camp, and it was like, we're going to do everything different. We're going to change everything, all our calls, our checks, our communication. We're going to change it so much so that a 17-year NFL Pro Bowl quarterback is confused. Wow. So why, why change everything? Let's do what we do, but let's do it better. You see that? So let's, let's Philadelphia. Let's do what we do. We have a history of doing. We have the players to do it. Let's just do it better. Let's yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's fascinating. That's, that's a very interesting story. I, I do trust Sirianni to be dialed in the right way, and I, I trust Hurts from a leadership standpoint. I, 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 you know, I worry a little bit about, you know, does something bad go wrong, but I do think they have really strong leadership that, that should prevent that. Starting with the quarterback, and I think that's a big part. I mean, I think the way he's handled everything. We yeah. got a chance to sit down with him and do a one-on-one interview at the Super Bowl. So impressed with his poise. His humility, his leadership, his physical and mental toughness. I, I just, I think you got a winner there, and I think it, he's going to find a way to get his team back to a Super Bowl real soon. Awesome. Hey, Rich, let me say it's been a, a real honor to have you on the program all season. Uh, we appreciate it. Let me also say to you, congratulations. I almost reached out to you off air. I thought, I'll hit you up on air. Congratulations on being named to St. Joe's Prep's first ever Hall of Fame class, man. You deserve it. 
I was very happy for you when I saw that news in the last week. You guys are the best. And let me be the first, not the first, but one, to congratulate you guys on next week. I know you'll be in a new time slot. We're so excited for you. And I am so excited to be a part of it next year at an earlier time. So from here out in California, I'll have to be getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rich. Stay well, man. You guys are best. Enjoy the yeah, offseason. All right, there Love he is. You, you got it, bud. All right, there he is. Rich Cannon, John's former teammate. All right, 215-592-9494. Life advice with the hammer coming up at 1130 today. So get those scenarios in. I suppose this would be the final life advice with the hammer in the midday show. So that's coming up 1130. You've been doing a bad job lately. I think I did a good job lately. Uh, I thought I'd been a pretty marginal last week and the week before. Really? You, you led someone astray. Okay, that I, I don't remember. I thought in general I've been doing pretty good. Coming up, the league certainly didn't do a good job. And I've got a question. Um... I got a question about the field and about stuff we're hearing, and we'll, we'll get into it next. I want to see where people stand. Jody Cameron, John Rich on 94 WIP. Hey, the ending really stunk, and it still hurts a lot. But the Birds had a great run this season, and in honor of an amazing season, an historical season, my friends at the Bush Auto Group are running a Philly special of their own. Right now, when you purchase any vehicle from one of their four great locations, Exton, Nissan, Nissan 422 of Limerick, Infinity of Westchester, or Infinity of Ardmore, thousand dollars in bonus value to help maintain your vehicle and keep the cost of ownership down with prices of almost everything going up the team over at the bush auto group does just the opposite their driving costs down they also pride themselves on their selection not only are they your local spot for a great selection of new nissans or infinities but they have over 300 pre-owned vehicles in stock when you're looking for your next vehicle Choose the Bush Auto Group. Visit them online today at bushautogroup.com. That's B-U-S-H autogroup.com. And when you see them in store, tell them John Ritchie sent you.